some scriptures go over your head. There's some scriptures that that when the, when the man of God or, or expound on the word of God and you get it, God expects you to do it. Amen. He don't expect you to do what you don't know, but that ain't no reason for us to say, I'm going to pretend like I don't know. God know if you know it or not. Right, right. You can fool us, but we don't have the heaven and hell. We don't have salvation. God has it. So Amen. you, you want to make sure you do what God has been lighting you on. There are some scriptures I just would not like. I read it and I say, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then sooner or later, I get it. But whatever you've been enlightened on, do it. That's what the Lord wants you to do. Praise the Lord. See, the reason why a lot of times you don't get everything right away because you will feel overwhelmed in what you have to do. No one wants to feel like, man, I'm gonna be saved, but they want me to do all that. I can't do all that. See, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't get, you didn't get all, you didn't learn all that stuff in the world all of a sudden, all at once. You gradually grew into it. Whatever it is you you, you tied up in, mm -hmm. so you gotta gradually get out of it. Ain't no cold turkey. More so, you got to let the Lord work it out you. And it, it comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The Bible says that you wash by the water, by the word of God. This is uh, uh, the plan of God that God uses to clean us up. The problem with the way God cleans us up is the same way our salvation is. By faith, we have to believe that if we are standing and walking in the plan that, or in the in what God say do, He's gonna do His part. Now, something we we think I come to church and I gotta clean myself up. God gonna clean you up. Amen. You can't come to get clean and then say I'm gonna go to church. You'll never come to church then. Leaning on self, self can't clean itself up. And this is what we're going to talk about a little bit. Why self can't clean itself up. Praise the Lord. Okay. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, this is our Bible study. So I encourage you to ask a question if you could. Praise the Lord. We're going to talk a little bit about some things here. Praise the Lord. Hopefully, you know, it's good to be able to hear the word being preached, but sometimes you got questions. Mm -hmm. You need answers. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when I met my wife and I said, let's get married. I want to make sure she, she know what her responsibility and I know mine. Mm -hmm. We get married to God. We need to know what our responsibility is and what he is. At least we throw him to the side and say, I'll be God. Jesus. And you just go along with what I do. God ain't going to do that. So, okay. Now, we're going to talk about God's always has a plan. Praise the Lord. Okay. I know we talked about something else Sunday, but I'm skipping to something else uh, for those who would like to follow along. I'm in uh, lesson um, 2.4. Praise the Lord. Okay. God always has a plan. Now, we need to understand the plan, though. And if we, in order to follow along with anything, everything has a plan or a set of rules. That must be followed. In, in, in sports, which a lot of us are familiar with sports, because most young men and ladies also, they grow up and they, they're involved in sports because it's part of being youthful. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Generally, as you get older, you will wean off the sports, so, so in a sense, because you turn to work more. 
to make a living. Praise God. But in that case, we understand that certain sports have certain rules and plans you have to follow. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm sure John, he's familiar with that. Praise God. He's in football, so he know about certain plans. Rules of engagement. Praise God. Now, God has certain rules of engagement. Now, and we need to understand, follow his plan. If we don't follow the plan, we're going to think in our mind that we're in and we're going to be out. Mm -hmm. That's a, can you imagine that? That's a sad state. To think that you're in and you out. That's like you leave home in the morning, come back home, you stick your key in the door and it don't work. You say, wait a minute. And you peep in the window, you realize all the furniture gone. You say, wait a minute, don't I stay here? You think you stay there, you think you in there, and you're not. We don't want that. We want to, look, we need to know when we are error or in, in sin. We need to know when we're trying to get out of sin. That there is no accommodation for middle ground. You either got, you got to work on this particular building. In the Old Testament, God dwelled in the, in, the, in, the, in the temple. This would be what he would dwell in. This, we wouldn't feel his presence until we walked into the building. But now, in the New Testament, God said he wants our flesh to be a temple. Amen. This is the reason why he did that. Because a lot of people ain't coming to church. So now the church got to be able to walk to them. Yeah. So when God, when you're a temple, you're, a mo you're like a, a, a mobile temple. You can go where they at. And where it says God said you are reserved for me, He can anoint you and begin to all of a sudden you yeah. And, and, and a lot of people that have been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and been walking in this way for a while, they'll say all of a sudden I feel the power of God on me, and they just begin to do things, and they'll be amazed afterwards and say, man, I can't believe I even said that. I can't believe I even done that. Can, can you t attest to that, somebody? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I I've been there. And I know you've been there too. So, okay, let's go on. Uh, first, God always has a plan. Now, are you a planner or an impulse person? That's one thing you need to ask yourself. Do I plan stuff out and then do it? Or do I just jump up and say, well, I'm just going to do this. Most things that are accomplished with success are planned. Impulse people. People that jump on the fly and just do something without even any thought. They going out and all of a sudden the idea comes to hand, they just do it. They tend to, they tend to cost them. Even in the pocketbook, in the financial category, it tend to cost them. They're doing stuff strictly on impulse and they don't know they haven't weighed out the pros and the cons of it. But in God, God makes you see the long term and makes you think things out. Before I used to be like an impulse. But now I, I, I begin to think things out. My wife, she helps me. She, she was more of a, a planning person before I was. But now she helps. I've learned through the years to follow along her lead. She's, she's a, a, a person that likes to plan. So if you are a person that plans stuff out, you can really avoid a lot of pitfalls and avoid a financial pitfall. That hurts a lot. Meaning you go and do something, buy something, can't afford it, 
A car friend. You go, you see a car you like, you buy, can't afford it, can't afford the monthly payment, struggling out, and then all of a sudden you get repossessed. See, that wasn't thought out. It need to be thought out before you get it. You don't get it and then try to think it out. You think it out first. See, if you if you thought it out first, you'd have said, man, I don't know if I can make that payment. So maybe I need to hold off on that. Maybe it's not my time yet. It's a, it's a time for everything. It, 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 and, and the time that you, you may say, I, I want it now, but it may not be your time to get it now. You may have to wait. It's nothing wrong with waiting. Praise Lord. I waited for things. You and, and wait just lets you know that that's part of you need to grow and learn to wait for some things. It don't mean that you gonna you ain't gonna never get it. You might have to wait a little long. Some a little longer than others, some. But there's nothing wrong with that. So you plan things out so that you don't you don't if you don't plan it out, you just go buy a car quickly. And then all of a sudden you can't make the payment. Eventually they're gonna come looking for the car, and when they find it, they're gonna take it back. And then even though they take it back, first thing comes to your mind is, well, I ain't gotta make no more payments. That's good. Yeah, but you don't realize you got a credit issue. Your credit is gonna slap you in the face like you slapped me. You want your credit to be so close to 800 as possible. I think the highest is 850, sister. What's the highest? Praise God. Well, you want it as close to that as possible. The higher, the better. Right. You want it in the, in the sevens, in the eight, mm-hmm. which is generally good. But boy, if you got the repossessed on there, you generally in the fives and the fours. You that that see that's something you ain't thought of. It hurts you because now they say, "Well, you a risk." And if you're a risk, you gotta pay. And me and my wife, I, I, I've had repossession on my. Oh my God, I know what I'm talking about. This. I had repossession on me. I had bought stuff on on, on credit. Say I'm gonna make the payment, and I didn't. I ain't paying them. I, I ain't got no money. I ain't paying them. I thought that was the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I ain't heard from them for 10 to 15 years. I thought that was the end of it. All of a sudden, I found me a wife. We got married. We were in the apartment. Still no problem. Then one day, she said, oh, no, I want a house. I said, okay, let's go buy a house. Then I realized credit come into play. Mm-hmm. And they see all that Years ago, when you don't bought stuff and refused to pay it, bought stuff and refused to pay it, they said, oh, we ain't going to loan you no money. Right. And now you say, oh, man. And you could be saying to yourself, well, I'm a changed person. I'm not like that anymore. That, that's what I said. We changed. We ain't the same no more. We learned that. We, we, we learned from our mistake. We ain't going to do that no more. I'm a responsible human being now. I learn, I know that if I do something to pay my debt. And they don't care about that. They don't care. So think it out. That, that, that came to my mind because that's something that I experienced. You don't want that. You don't want that. You want to clean that slate up quicker and earlier as possible and keep it clean. Credit is more, you, you got more. When, as you grow in life, you got more in 
you, you can get more with your credit than you can with, with, with what money you got. Your credit, because you are a person that pay back, they'll loan you $100,000, $200,000, Even though you ain't got it now. But they, they look at your credit and say, that person known for paying back his money. Look, he done bought this, he done bought that. He done bought this, he done bought that. He paid everything off. Paid as agreed. Not, not we had to go hunt for him. Paid as agreed. So once you, that just boosts your credit more. Every time you pay it, You'll be able to go buy stuff sometime with no money down. Based on that. Okay. Enough saying on that. Let's get into this. God has a plan. Let's examine the plan for a message. Something I'm going to tell you. Something I'm going to talk about. So, are you a planner or are you an impulse person? Try to be a planner. Learn to plan things out. Think about the long-term effect. Don't just think of for the moment. God works begin. No, before I say that. The ministry of John the Baptist was part of God's redemptive plan. Amen. God had a plan. It ain't that we had the plan. God had the plan. So, God had a plan. What plan was so great that God had that we needed to follow? John the Baptist was the one on the scene. Uh, God's work began with, this, with a sense of one's Sinfulness. See, you need to understand your sinfulness and a need for salvation. If you don't understand sin, you always feel like I'm good. Now, what are we going to do tonight? Tonight we're going to learn what sin is. What it does to us and what it keeps us from getting from God. Now, until we become aware of the need for God... We will not be open to the work of God's work in our lives. We, we won't apply God's work in our lives until we awaken to the fact that there's some sin I need to get rid of. Now, even though I know I got sin I need to get rid of, I'm helpless or I'm powerless to get rid of it on my own. Amen. To say, well, I'm a good person, that doesn't free you from sin. Mm. To say, I gave to the poor, doesn't free you from sin. That's like, it's almost like saying, that's your DNA. That's part of your DNA. That's your makeup. No matter how much you try to separate your sin, you can't. Only God can do that. This, 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 this is going to bring us to the realization that how bad, not only do we need God, but how bad we need Him. Amen. Because if we don't act upon His grace now, we're going to, one day, when His grace is gone, taken out of here with the rapture of the church, after the rapture of the church, there's no more speaking in tongues. There's no more Holy Ghost. You don't, if you believe it, good. I thank God. Blessed is he that believes and have not seen. If you don't believe it, you don't have to believe it. It's still going to happen. That's right. Now, John the Baptist's work began with the sinfulness of man and the forgiveness of God. We cannot know what grace is until we sense our need for grace. You don't feel like, you said, you know, God giving his grace to us that we can clean, you know, clean us up out of sin. But if, if we can't, if we don't realize we need his grace, we're going to be like, uh -huh. you know, I, I get it whenever. What page is this lesson on in your book? Huh? 
72, she said. Because I got to teach you folks, so I'm on a different page. Okay. Now, John's preaching began to stir those who came to the wilderness to hear him. Now, John didn't go to them. They came to John. Mm-hmm. Right? Hearts once again began longing for the promised Messiah as John prepared the way of the Lord. John began to preach. They said, I need to go hear this man, John. What is he preaching about? Inquisitive minds want to know. So they came and heard him, and they believed. Praise the Lord. Okay? They believed. Any questions so far? Okay. So, John the Baptist, he preached. He preached. John the Baptist was part of the redemptive plan, and he fulfilled his plan. Now listen, there's some other things that John did. I want you to understand. John, uh, 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 John preached repentance and baptism. Now, it means he let them know what they were doing was wrong. And let repentance mean you were acknowledge the fact that you're wrong and you need to change. That's right. That's, that lets you know, man, I'm, I'm godly sorrow. But Godly sorrow for the moment won't stop me from sinning. But they knew that you need to be godly sorrow, though, for, for the things that you do. And, and by acknowledging that they have a mind to want to stop doing it, made them go get baptized by John. Now, those who were convicted obediently submitted to the water of baptism. And he came unto all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism and repentance and the remission of sin. This is Luke 3 and 3. Now, he here John fulfilled the prophecy of the angel Gabriel had spoken. And, uh, and, 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 and he began to say in Luke 1 and 16, and many of the children of Israel shall turn to the Lord their God. This is talked about in Luke 1 and 16. Now, so John did that part, right? Okay. Now, what part of John's ministry stands out the most to you? What stands out the most? With your understanding of John the Baptist and what he did, what part about that his ministry stands out to you? This is funny. He showed them their sin. He showed them their sin. Right? Anybody else? What part of John the Baptist? We know John was the forerunner. Forerunner means the person that was here before Christ actually came. And in most kings, when they come, somebody will come out and say, Your Majesty the King. And everybody would just stand up. They would announce it. So God would still have an announcer, but he didn't look like one. But he was John the Baptist announcing the King, king Jesus. Okay? Now, what part of that stood out to anybody else? Did anybody right saw a different part? Yeah, no story, John. Yeah. What part stood out? To, to me, what stood out about um, John the Baptist as far as his ministry, like he was fearless. He was fearless? Yeah, he was. Is that part that you admire about him? He was fearless? Yes. He stood up, you know, and, and it's, sometimes it's hard to try to tell a loved one about the Lord. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Anybody experience that? You go around family members, you be like, how in the world can I tell them about the Lord without them getting defensive or getting upset or, 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 or just, oh, hey, everything you come out of me, you want to talk about religion. Look, when, we, when, when, when you find a lump of money and it's millions and millions of dollars and it's yours, don't you want to tell people you found something? Yeah. Who the first person you gonna tell if you got a family? Who the first person you gonna tell? Yeah, it, okay, y'all, you, you. If you find a bunch of money and you knew that was yours, who the first person you gonna tell? You gonna tell your wife? <laughs> Why? Because you're the closest person to me. All right, we we trying to give you the closest thing to you. We trying to, not only you you want her to, to feel and experience what you, like, honey. Not now. This is a. It's yours until you tell her. Now it's ours. Right. <laughs> okay, it's ours now. Right? Yeah. She's happy. You happy. Yeah. It's almost like you found it somewhere and said, let's just cover it up. Now let's go tell people what, what, what we found. Yeah. We're trying to tell you we found eternal life. Mm-hmm. But there's a catch. It ain't in this life. It's in the next life. Mm-hmm. People don't want to wait. Right. But we, we, we want eternal life down here. Who wants eternal life down Why do you want eternal life down here? Well, you well, you saying that you want eternal life down here, but you're still aging. Uh-huh. Right? You can't be eternal if you're still aging. Now, if you want eternal life and you're still aging, basically what you're saying is, I don't never want to die. So you're going to go through spring, summer, fall, and winter in this stage of existence. And if you look at it, and and if you remember, I said, look, look, don't don't be impulse. Think things out. If you think it out, you're gonna be old longer than you are young. If you're gonna live forever, yeah. Yeah. you think Am I anybody thinking? Think, think. If I'm gonna live forever, I'm gonna be 80, 90, 100, and you're gonna be your body gonna be. Decayed and withered up, and you're gonna barely be able to walk. And, but you ain't gonna die, remember, because you got eternal life. <laughs> yeah. I see people at my job in their 90s, some <clears throat> in their early hundreds. You know what they tell me? I wish I could die. I don't know why I'm still here. Everybody I know is dead, mm. all my friends are dead. You know, I try to cheer them up. I said, well, on that note, I encourage you to make new friends. That's what I tell them. Yeah, because if, if you constantly make new friends, you don't have to worry about everybody you know die. Uh, yeah. But 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 they, they want to die. Yeah. They ain't dead. You would think that's a blessing today, but they tell me, oh man, why am I here? All I do is sit around and watch TV and go to the doctor and eat and and do whatever it is, whatever they do, but they, 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 a lot of them saying they wish they died. Mm-hmm. And, and you want eternal life, and you want an eternal body that, yeah. that, that yeah. can endure yeah. eternal life. Yeah. It's like you don't want to buy a vehicle, and knowing it, no matter how premium condition it's in now, knowing 10, 20, 30 years down now, it's going to look all rusted, beat up, and everything else. You want something that's going to maintain its status, the way it, it, the, the, the glory that it has now. You want it to last 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. You want it to last. 
God is going. God realized that this bot, what we're going through, is so corrupt and messed up that He said, "I need to get him a glorified body." Amen. He could have said, "I'm just going to change it, but I'm going to get him a glorified body." Not only that, I'm going to take him out of this world. Yeah. I'm going to get him glorified. That, 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 that. Eternal life alone, even if God said, I'm not going to give you the riches and glory that I have. I'm going to just give you eternal life. That'll be enough to say, I'm, I'm going to serve the Lord. But he added icing on the cake. I'm going to give you eternal life. I'm going to give you eternal body that you're going to do eternal life. Then I'm going to give you all my riches. You're going to have just what I have. You, 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 you can control angels like I have. See, we're a little bit lower than the angels. If God, angels, then us. We down here. But when God brings us up, we go up over, in the, over the angels. So then it'd be God, us, and, the, and then the angels. That's what God's going to do for you. You're going to be able to do what, be particular of what Jesus is to take up. You're going to be with him. You're going to be able to see him. It seems like a mystery now. It seems like it's hard to comprehend. But this is an endurance race. Amen. <clears throat> Meaning, you can start, I'm for the law. I can't wait to church. But as time get on, man, church, man. <laughs> I see it all the time. Yeah. People start off gun hole, and as time go on, they fizzle out. Some fizzle out early. Some fizzle out late. But bottom line, they fizzled out. Something happened that they fizzled out. Only you can keep that fire going. You know what, what, what ignited the fire. When you walked in the door and heard the word, it's, it ignited you and said, wait a minute, I need to make a change in my life. So I'm going to give my life over to the Lord. I'm beginning, I'm beginning to stay up under the teaching of the Lord. And, 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 and look, God knows that the makeup of us. Mm-hmm. You may say, well, I've been there two years, three years, I'm tired of this. Look, God know your life. He want to bless you, but he ain't going to let you just be there and wasting time. It ain't going to look like you're wasting time, though. That's showing patience. Mm-hmm. Tribulation or patience. I mean, tribulation is something that we don't want to go through. Tribulation equals trouble. Trouble shows patience. When we, when our body going through something that we feel like you don't want to go through, it it it, it shows signs of uncomfortability. By saying, uh, uh, uh. everything that was exciting at one time that you couldn't wait to do, I don't want to do that. I look at my kids when I when I did, I was cutting the grass. They go, Daddy, 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 let me cut, Daddy, let me cut. That's okay. <laughs> They think it's fun because they see big old strong daddy just pushing along. Daddy, daddy, let me do it, let me do it. <laughs> Fast forward a little bit, I couldn't pay them to do it. <laughs> I said, cut the grass. I come home, I see one line down the grass. <laughs> you know I'm a, you know that how that bothers me. I done went to work, worked all day, and I come home and I see one line went through the grass where it's cut, and then the rest of it up high. I'm looking and I said, what is this? And I look around and all my neighbor's grass is manicured so nice. I said, oh my God. I go in there. <laughs> Didn't I tell you to cut the grass? Yeah, I did, but it started raining. It ain't raining now. 
Anyway. Let's, 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 okay. It ain't raining now, so. Oh my God. But anyway. Okay, so what part of John's ministry stands out? We, we, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, John could have, you know, John pointed to one mightier than he. That's all we're doing. We're just representative of the one that's mightier than we are. We, point, we ain't pointing you to me. This ain't my ministry. This is Christ's ministry. I ain't pointing you to me because I ain't got nothing to give you. But I know what God has for you. So my thing is, you may say, I don't see God. Then you, see, you see me. You see us. It's, a lot of times people say, I, I will go, but you know, I don't see the move of God. Yes, you do. Every day you get up, you see somebody want to serve the Lord. We, we, we got a mind to do what the Lord say. That's, that's what God's people should be doing. Look here. We're going to talk about it. John preached repentance. Yeah, let me make sure I'm right. No. John could have easily created his own. See, John. Let me read this one. John preached repentance and baptism. Those who were convicted immediately submitted to the water baptism and came on until all the country about Jordan preaching and then after that John John fulfilled the prophecy that Gabriel the angel spoke of. Okay, moving on. John pointed to one mightier than he was, which is Jesus Christ. We definitely know God is mightier than, than any of us. Or any so-called prophet that came before them. God is mighty. John could have easily created his own following con continuously pointing toward uh, uh, some future savior. But instead, believers believing in the Messiah who will come in the future is easier than believing in the Messiah who is already here. John could have said, well, one still going to come even though Jesus was here. But John acknowledged the fact that Jesus is here. And look at it. He, he immediately began to dismantle his, his ministry. He didn't sit up there and say, well, Jesus, I, I got to compete with him. I got to compete with him. No, 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 you, 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 you and me. He immediately began to dismantle. He said, uh-uh. Go to him. Follow him. But John dutifully preached his message. And when Jesus was revealed to him as the Messiah, John began dismantling his own following and immediately pointed his follower towards the new leader. Now, when God began to point you to a new leader, or when somebody that's formerly here began to point you to a new leader, now, it may be by you visually seeing them point, or it may be by what he said in a will or, 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 or said among another place. If God points you to a new leader, you need to listen to that person as if that other leader was still in existence. Like, okay, for instance, if Pastor Walker was here, Pastor Walker, we went to the, the around uh, the pastor and he said he wanted me to take the ministry on. I said, y'all must be mistaken. But God, second and third, because certain people were coming to me that I didn't even know were telling me that God getting you ready for to be a pastor. God getting you ready. And I kept every time they say that, get away from me. These were godly people. They weren't just some people off the street. These were people serving the Lord. And, okay, so, so when God tells you that you, this is going to be a leader, that means that one got getting ready to go off the scene. 
John knew he was going up a scene. He just didn't know how until it, it revealed himself later on. But he began to point his, his followers and said, it's time to follow this man. It's time to follow that man. Now, what thing about following somebody? Everybody don't like you. Your face is especially look mean. <laughs> well, it looks mean or not. I can't help it. That's my face. Or it don't look all comical or whatever it is. You know, it's beyond that. As long as you get what, what you know that God sent that person, back them up and stick with them. Until you know God ain't sent that person. If they did something for you to condemn and say, oh, no, it ain't for you to sit back and judge, well, uh, you know, I don't see, I don't see. It ain't for you to see anyway. God didn't tell you to be the seer. He told you to be the follower. Mm -hmm. So we need to follow faithfully. Mm -hmm. Look, and some of, now, now, now so uh, he pointed his, uh, his follower towards a new leader. And some of John's followers, notably John the Revelator, and Andrew became some of the best-known disciples of Jesus. Just talk about it in John 1, 35 through 41. You don't have to get that. It's just going to take too long. I don't want to hold you on. Any questions so far? Am I losing you? No. Okay, you're with me. All right. Okay, so what part of obeying God's plan did John have to do? That may seem like a trick question. Take it any way you want. John the Baptist. What part of God's plan did he have to do? Yep. What else? Anybody else? Sister. He had to declare the coming Savior. He had to declare the coming Savior. And that's it, Sister. He had to declare the coming Savior. Okay. Yes, that's true. What else? Preach, uh, he had to preach yeah. repentance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. See, these are things that stood out. This is what John had to do. This was his ministry. Praise the Lord. Now, it, was he successful in it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. You say yes? Yes. <clears throat> okay. So, the question I asked was what part of John's ministry? Okay, now, now, okay. He had to do all them things which he said, but bottom line, let's put it all in one, uh, and, and, all the things is right what he said, let's put it on one subheading. All righteousness. He had to fulfill all righteousness. Now, uh, the reason why I'm saying this, I'm, I'm going to get you something I want you to understand too. Um, Jesus obeyed. Look, look what, and look, and look at Jesus when he came out the scene. What did Jesus do? He obeyed his own plan. Amen. Most people got to get a plan and they say, man, I drew this up and I can skip over it. I ain't got to do that. I'm the man. I ain't got to do that. Jesus obeyed his own plan when he came. Now, could anybody have fought him if he said, I ain't going to do this? No. Right? Nobody could afford it. But we in our day and time, people say, I ain't doing that. I ain't getting baptized. I ain't going to church. I ain't gonna get I ain't gonna care for the Holy Ghost. I'm not gonna go to church every Sunday or every week. 
two days were out of the week, and we was going at that time. In our time, we was going four or five days a week. Hey, you had to go on five days a week. That seemed like a whole kid over there. Yeah. And two days, we can't get people to submit. But anyway, they, 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 uh, 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 Jesus obeyed his own plan. He was the person that implemented the plan. Why did Jesus obey his own plan? Thank you. It's an example. Set an example. Why are we living saved even though it don't seem like nobody notices it? Set the example. Is it a popular way? No. If it was popular, a lot of people would be here. Is it uh, 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 a notable way? No. I mean, you ain't gonna get notoriety from a, from the world. You ain't gonna. It, it's not popular to serve the Lord, but we do it so that why? Because people, when they come in, need to see a visual example. It's enough to hear God's word, but they want to see it implemented. They hear what the word is saying, but they look at it and they're saying, I don't know if I can do that. I'm not going to do that. So guess what they do when they do that? They, when they say, I don't know if I can do that, they start looking at the members that's here. They say, are they doing it? And they know when you're doing it, and they know when you rebel. Amen. Now, you want to fulfill all righteousness. God got us here to be examples and helpers to people that come in, if they come in and when they come in. And we believe they're going to come in. We just wait for the Lord to send them. Praise Lord. Now, look, look. To fulfill the righteousness of God's plan, Jesus was without any sin. Now, look. Jesus was under sin. He came under sin. He had no sin. You do. But he did. He had no sin. He submitted to baptism. He went to John and said, oh, it's time for me to get baptized. I'm putting it in a way you understand. I need to be baptized. John looked at him like, you need to be baptized. You need to be, John pretty simply said, you need to be baptized with me. Yes. Now I'll baptize you. I'm putting it in a way you understand. Oh, the scriptures say, then cometh Jesus to Galilee. Galilee was the, the land of Jordan unto John to be baptized. John was standing at the river Jordan. To be baptized of him. But John forbid him. John said, what? What are you coming to me for? Saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, John. Then John, and, and, and come, and, and you, and, and, it's, and John said, and you come out to me? And Jesus answered and said to him, suffer it to be so. Let it be so. Now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all. Righteousness, not some, all. Praise the Lord. All of it, not some. And people today want to do some. If he wanted them to feel all of righteousness. And he suffered him, and he led him. When Jesus said that to John, John said, okay, come on. I'm going to baptize you too. Jesus knew that was the plan. This is talking about in Matthew 3, 13 and 15. This is now, this is how seriously Jesus took the need for baptism. Mm -hmm. He took it very seriously to the point that he went down and baptized. He didn't need it to because he had no sin. 
But he got baptized anyway to set the example. Like Brother John said. He, he wanted to be an example for us to know that we need to be baptized. Yeah. Nobody should be saying, I ain't going to. And we know that the Bible, the scripture said baptism doesn't save us, but it shows a good conscience toward Amen. God. Amen. I wanted a good conscience toward God, so when I came in, I heard it. I said, hey, I'm going to get baptized. I thought when I get baptized and come out of the water, I was going to be walking and not sinning, and the urges were still there. Now, now, when, once this happened, I said, how can I get rid of these urges? Anybody with me on this? That didn't happen to y'all. You go down and want to come up and feel you feel the same thing that the urges to do the same thing you used to do. I said, how can I stop that? You got to be washed by the water, by the word of God. Amen. God's word is scrubbing you, uh -huh. and but you don't see it. This is what you got to believe. The word of God is going to take effect. It's going to work, wash you. Even though you don't see it, you don't feel it, but it's gonna wash you. Mm -hmm. But you got to be there. It can't. If I'm preaching and you somewhere else, it ain't washing you because you ain't hearing it. But when you hear, it's what working. It's going in. It's going into the inner part of your brain. And then being here, it it, don't, it, it, it it cleans you on the inside, and it manifests itself out. Yeah. It don't clean you on the outside. You, we in this fleshy world that we live in, we so good to take care of this outer pen. We gonna clean this up and look GQ smooth, and then still we we on the inside, we just filthy and full of sin and evil thoughts and wicked imagination and all this. We, it, but we don't need to get that stuff cleaned up out. Only Jesus, His Word can get in there and wash, wash it because it began to find it. Now, some things I want to get to. Okay, so okay, we talked about that. Okay, now. So, okay. Where we at? Okay. Now, why was it important that Jesus be baptized? I just told Jesus was baptized because he wanted to set the pattern and show that I'm not above doing what the what I what I this was my plan, but I still need to be obedient to my plan. To show you that even if I, being God in the flesh, will follow that plan. Yeah, John. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Practice what you preach. He pretty much was saying, I need to practice what I'm preaching. I'm telling you to do it. And he knew. See, the thing is, when God, in God and Jesus, Jesus, they always, whatever they do now, they always foresee it down the road. So he knew that people were going to be struggling about getting baptized. Struggling about this and that. And look, if Jesus got no water, what hinders you? You ain't even God, you ain't God in the flesh. You can't even do what God do. Neither can I. And may God may manifest his power on me, me to do something. But I ain't just walk around walking on his water and do all this stuff that he did. And he went and got baptized. So what's our excuse for not getting baptized? Well, I don't think that meant that. What did it mean then? Water baptism means getting submerged in water. That's what it means. There is no, well, I have people say, oh, well, you know, the, the word, it baptizes you when you hear it. No, it don't. It's trying to clean you when you hear it. Amen. Baptism means you need to be submerged. You symbolize that you would have been dead. 
And you show, now the thing is, you think you're showing up, you're really showing God that you got a conscience to hear his word because you get one down in the war. I got a conscience to hear God, so I went down in the war. Now, you think you got a conscience to hear God, but really you don't. You need to be trained. Just like someone eating a certain type of food, they have to first experience it and constantly be given to to the point where they develop a taste for it. There are some things that I didn't like when I met Sister Feldner, but she kept getting putting it, and I began to taste it, and I said, man, this ain't bad. Now, I might go and say, she said, what you want? I want some of that again. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, you begin to get the Word of God in you, you get baptized in Jesus' name, and then you begin to eat the Word and begin to get used to it, and you don't feel like every time I come to church, I feel condemned. That's what the Word's supposed to do. It's looking for sin. The word is looking for sin. Every time I came to church, I sit back there and look. Here we go. He, he preaching on me again. I felt like it was just an on our soul fulfillment. Then did I know God was just preaching the word and, and I was just guilty because I had that sin in me. And he was trying to get it out. God ain't hard up. He ain't going to use you unless you clean. He got too many other people that's willing to submit and get clean, so why is he going to use you? So, he wants to get that sin out. So, why was it important for Jesus to be baptized? He wanted to show us that it could be done. And he did show us. Should we follow his example? Yes. How can we say we have received Jesus as our Savior if we are not interested in looking to Jesus and we're not interested in teaching the needs, the need for baptism. How can we say that we want to be in him and we don't even want to get baptized? How can we say, I believe that I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I ain't going to do nothing he's saying? Then you ain't, you, you ain't baptized. You, you, if, you ain't, if you ain't willing to do what he's saying, you ain't going to do it. You, you're not part of him. You're just a hearer. All right, Brother John. God bless you, sister. Now, Jesus' forerunner preached Jesus, which John the Baptist was forerunner. He preached Jesus himself, was baptized for the sake of righteousness. Jesus said, baptized. John did. And Jesus' apostle taught the necessity of baptism. How much clearer could the need of baptism be? How much clearer? Now, so it was very important for us to understand. Mm -hmm. What is God's plan? Has it changed? No. What is it? God's plan is for us to repent, be baptized in His name, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Not only that, but to, and then to grow in Him. And to continue to make disciples. That's it. You finished? Mm -hmm. Okay. Anybody else? Okay. What's God's plan? <laughs> <laughs> you raise your hand up, Brother Caleb. Huh? I want them to feel like they can say something. Amen. You know, a lot of times when I was coming up, they would squash the young people when they can say that. I ain't gonna do that. Little children need to be able to ask questions. 
If you stick your hand up, I'm gonna. What's going on? Now, okay, let's examine. Mr. Fred is hitting the guard of it. Now, now, let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, uh, God's plan was to save the lost. It's not the prosperity, preach prosperity message. You got your hand up. What you got? Huh? Jesus wants to be holy. He wants us to be holy. That means clean, right? Right. So, but. Under normal circumstances, I, I agree with you, brother. That's right. He wants to be holy, under, but under circumstances, we don't know what holy is. Amen. Lean to our own understanding. I think I'm clean. Mm-hmm. But then, when I begin to study God's word and begin to find me, and I said, "Oh, I'm doing that. Oh, I'm thinking evil. Amen. Oh, I'm trying to get revenge. Amen. Oh, I, I just lied. I just Jesus. stole something. I ain't holy." It showed me my, my weakness and my shortcoming, and it showed me that I need help. That's right. That's it's, 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 it shows you your, 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 your state, but you, this, it, the reason why it shows you your state is so you can say to yourself, I need help. Yes. Yes. And your help ain't to me. You know, okay, if you come to me and say, Papa, I need help. I can't stop doing this. All I can do is point you to Jesus. Daddy, I need help. Pointing to Jesus. The same way, the same one that you were pointing to, you're going to point them to, right? Because yeah, right. he's able to give you, you, but you got to seek him the way, like, 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 like you mean it. You can't play with God. God ain't no play toy. Okay. Any questions so far? Okay. Okay. Here we go. Only those who understand what sin is will be able to understand the true measure of grace. Mm. Now, in our culture, it encourages us in a thousand ways to move on from the notion of sin. Mm -hmm. We don't want to talk about sin no more. Perhaps this is because sin is built in our culture infrastructure. Mm-hmm. We think it's part of it and therefore produces a defensive reaction toward those who would like John the Baptist walk around shouting it's time to repent. Yes. These days people don't even know what that word means, repent. We can say repent unless you're a church going person you don't know what it means. That's true. So basically, you need to define what repent is. Mm-hmm. You need to repent. You need to change. Oh, and then, then, then change. What do you mean change? What well, I need change for? Change. And then you can begin to tell them about the life that God sees you living. Uh-huh. The life you think you need to justify yourself and think because everybody do it, it's, 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 it's the normal. Mm-hmm. God said you need to change. Change, repent means you need to change. Get godly sorrow and, 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 and seek a way to change. So godly sorrow will make you seek a way to be, be changed. But if you don't seek it, you ain't godly sorrow. You just, everybody doing it. Praise the Lord. Any questions? All right, move on. What can I help but notice? 
how our vocabulary has all but buried the word sin under a pile of infamism. Preachers who infamism of infamism is a is a is a mild and inoffensive word or phrase that is used in place of something that could be found offensive mm -hmm. or displeasing. Infamism is found throughout art and culture and are extremely common in advertising. Infamism is what people use instead of saying this. That word, and they say, oh man, that's a harsh word. They try to pick a mellow word. Instead of saying, oh man, you're a fag, you gay. Soften the blow. Preachers who go along with the program could use the following infamism to ensure that no one they preach to ever feels a sense of guilt or shame. For instance, they begin to say, well, you know, they use a word like moral failure. This sounds more official and has a dry sort of ring to it, as if the sinner had merely failed. Which, if you are listening carefully, is a term that implies the sinner had at least courageously tried. You know, don't be like, you tried, but you failed. But good job, anyway, for trying. Mm -hmm. They used other things, information like, well, they made a mistake. Now, this sounds like the kind of error one might make in a spelling bee of mistake. Or they say, well, I'm not going to call it sin. I'm going to say you got a little problem. Jesus. Soften the blow. Jesus. Now this gives the impression of something bigger than a mistake, but also something we might associate more with a tough math question, which is perfectly acceptable if a person is not a good math person. Or they use something like, well, they got a minor oversight. They call it sin, a minor oversight. This suggests something a person would not have done if someone had pointed it out. Or here we go, another one, an uh, indiscretion. Indiscretion means lack of judgment. They lack the ability to judge effectively. This gives the impression of something a person has done that is not exactly polite, but has more to do with manners and than actual sin. Another word, well, that's their shortcoming. If I, if a man would always cheat on his wife, and you said you say you a sinner, you say, well, that's his shortcoming. Soften the blow. Infamous. Shortcoming. This implies an act that God, that is God's fault for the way he made us. I can't help what I do this. God, God made me this way. So I just got a desire to do it. Mm -hmm. Our parents' fault for the way they raised us. 
My dad, I saw my dad do it. I saw, I beat my wife because I beat you. I saw him do it. And she stayed in check. Infamism. Or someone else fault for getting on my nerves. We are less inclined in these gentler days to use the word sin for our cultural points of view. It is too rough, too impolite, too outdated. Instead, we are more inclined to think of sin as of sin in meant uh, 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 in, in in like a medical or political term, as an orientation or perhaps even an expression of freedom. But we should probably insist on biblical terms, especially when it comes to matters of the soul. Yeah. Here are the kinds of words scripture uses in relation to sin. Iniquity, mm -hmm. trespass, transgression, guilt, disobedience, unrighteousness, wickedness, evil, shame, fault, ungodliness. Can you imagine the commentator today saying, something like, you're a depraved and unfair or unfair or evil man. This language sounds like something out of a book, of a Charles Dixon book. It sounds like something that we read out of a novel. This kind of language takes some work to fully grasp correctly in a culture that has no clear sense of divine alienation and no clear definition of sin. Yeah. <clears throat> they not sure what sin is, so they just metal, just go, they just wing it without any plan. And if these are not present, our culture will have an even more difficult time understanding the significance of God's forgiveness. Sister Fraser, I, I, I admire her. She, she, she's willing to tell you, I'm read, she said, I'm reading from a certain version. Mm -hmm. I encourage that. Read from a certain version. Because a lot of these words are, need to be broken down. Mm -hmm. People are not going to study the Bible like a preacher. Right. They ain't going to do it. They need to be broken down quickly so they can get the quickest meaning and understand it quick. Whatever, get, above all, get understanding. Yeah. Right? We ain't we ain't studying the scriptures to impress people. We study the scriptures that we can help people. If, if they get a quicker help them with a different translation of it, and if I read the translation and I say it's saying, it's saying the same thing, just putting it in, the, in words that they, we use now, and they can be benefited by it, by all means, use it. If the King James version ain't bringing them in, let's get another version that can bring them in, that they can understand. Say, oh, I see what that means. So it's free. I believe, um, you know, you know, there's different versions out of the Bible and translations. Now you can, you know, read the Bible on the app and different things. I believe it's all a part of God's plan. I do too. As far as, as far as, you know, like, no one would be without an excuse, you know. You know, it's one of the points be like, you know, at one point you might be like, oh, I can't get to a Bible or this, that. But now it's like everywhere. Yeah, you have access within seconds on your yeah. phone or anywhere. So it's to the point, 
It's almost like every excuse you can put out. I don't understand the Bible. It's got all these thou, he, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now it's like we've taken away all that. And it's like, okay, we created this to make it easier to understand. Mm-hmm. I agree. I but you also have to remember that um, the actual doctrine of the Bible has to be spiritually discerned. Yeah, that's true. The gospel is what's supposed to bring you in. But once you get the Holy Ghost, the rest of that is spiritually discerned. Meaning? Meaning that you got to have the Holy Ghost to get the full understanding. You know how it is when you don't read this passage like one million times. Right, I, I do believe the Holy Ghost has to you, and you say, does it mean that? I do believe the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost will stir something in you. Somebody might just be talking about it and you think, what? And it's just amazing. I mean, that's why the Bible has lasted so long. Because when you get that Holy Ghost power, it's going to, you know, propel you to tell somebody else and to explain something else. That's why now we got so many translations. They're like, oh, people got to get this. They got to get it. Somebody sat down and said, look, people can't understand this, so they won't read it. Right. They need to understand it. Somebody, young people like Caleb Age and and, and and late elementary, early middle school, they need to be able to read and understand. Without man, I need to find a Bible. I need to find a dictionary. I need to find find out where all these words. They, they, this is to help them. I like to praise God. I do believe what's to praise I believe that's part of God's plan to make everybody be able to say they're gonna be without any excuse. Because we, that ain't the version your church you don't mean that you don't have to know. Yeah. It's also, um, Pastor, you, you were talking about um, people not going to study their Bible like the preacher, but maybe they should. Yes, but... We, I, no, I, like you said, they're not going to do that, but they should because remember how the Lord was instructing the Jews that when you wake up in the morning, you're going to talk about it. When you go to the dinner table, you're going to talk about it. Before you go to bed, you're going to talk about it. As you talk and discuss different people, like how we asking you questions now, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you, you look at Judaism, they have told their kids and family the same stories down, 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 just putting that Torah in them. You know what's, our, know what's our, dis- our problem? Is we don't give in to the distracting things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, we sir. let any and everything yes, distract sir. Pull our attention. Mm-hmm. I would do that, but that's on yeah. the TV. Uh-huh. I would do that, but it's Facebook, it's Instagram, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's all these other things. I would do that, but this and that. We got a phone in our hand. Praise ding, ding, always ding, 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 ding. Every time you hear a ding, you gotta look down and see what it is. You know, God, God forbid, I don't want to miss that urgent call that I'm gonna read it So I want to make sure I'm always looking down at my phone. Ding, you know, I don't know about vibrating and put, turning it off just for an hour or two, just to then just pick up where I left off. Praise the Lord. But this is what this is why they can't study it. Like because we technology that came into play. We got electricity, and we got all these things at our fingertips. Yeah. That's why back then, if, I, I do believe if we were thrown back in the Stone Age, everybody would be, they'd know more about the scripture. They'd be more, if that's all was our entertainment or our, our surrounding was going and reading, and we would be more spiritual minded. But because of technology and all these distractions. Now, the thing is, Yes, distraction is here, but God got us here to let you know that we're bombarded with the same distraction that they are. Yes, yes. If they can do it, you can. If I can, he, 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 we may not got a bunch of examples, 
But when you have some, Amen. so you can say, well, if you so bombarded, you know, and if people just be real with what's what's really this was pulling on their heart, getting there, and say, yeah, my problem is distraction, but they won't never say that. They say, oh, I gotta work, oh, I gotta do this, oh, I'm tired, oh, I gotta eat, I gotta. They make up little lame excuses, but really, they're just a slave to their distraction. Mm-hmm. You gotta master that. You're here for one reason only. To make this thing, that thing that's in this cranial, learn to control this body. Amen. Your job is to make this thing in there master the rest of your body. Yeah. Until you learn that, you need to be, you need to stay here. And then you, and some of us find we we found the secret to mastering it. This is our lifeline to mastering it right here. The home we stay and eat, walk, be standing in the word, we can master. Holy Ghost alone will not master. You can get the Holy Ghost and disappear. Yes. And what you're doing, you just let the devil take all that was in you out. Because that's what the, devil, the word does. When, it, when, when the word is put in you, here comes the devil. I need to try to get that out. The longer you stay out, the more effective he Look, the longer you stay out, the more effective he is in yanking that word out of you. Yes, that's why the longer they stay out, the longer they want to stay out. I ain't never seen nobody stayed out and this. I said, man, they, most of them just I, they want to stay out more and more. Mm-hmm. They want to that, that that's the devil pulling that word out of them mm-hmm. to the point where it has no effect. Mm-hmm. It can happen to any one of us at any given moment of time. If we don't be, give the most honest heed to the thing we are hearing, we'll let them slip. And you know it. And, and I believe that if someone let it slip, they know they let it slip. Mm-hmm. Not only that, people around them say, man, you don't go to church no more? <laughs> oh, why? What's wrong? Right. Now, what you'll do to cover it, you'll, you'll have to lie. You have to make up something that really ain't true. Well, he looked at me funny. Then he didn't want to shake my hand. I didn't like that. He hurt my feelings. I got my feelings hurt before, too. I got my feelings hurt a lot of times. Well, I walked out mad. And I came back. Can you imagine? Before the cock crow, you're going to deny me thrice. Can you imagine how he felt? He hear the cop go, oh, 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 oh. and he heard, who was that, Paul? Peter. No, Peter. Peter, yeah, Peter, thank you. Peter ran. Yeah, I know he was. He didn't give up, though, he came back. He did. He could have went out, oh, man. He probably thought to himself, where, am I, where do I go from here? Mm-hmm. When he ran and cried, he probably said, where do I go from here? Run! Cry. Then come back to the Lord. Lord, forgive me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking right. Mm-hmm. You could be saved and ain't thinking right. Mm-hmm. You just got, you, the, the devil, that's the Lord letting you see your, your problem. Amen. Your problem. You like to think too much. Amen. You need to just learn how to follow. Be a faithful follower. Look, mm-hmm. y'all, I want the people to think, but the people stand, the angels right now are standing over there with, with the Lord right now. Uh-huh. When the Lord called out, yes, Lord. Yes, 
They is not a not a bat or a, where they at? Where they at? And we want to go there, but we can't even master that down here. My God. Oh, okay. Let me get you Okay, so this brings us to the ultimate question of all what we talked about also. What is sin? What is sin? Have we ever really thought about what sin is? We know that the Bible says sin is transgression of the law. That, that, unless you know what the law is, and what transgression means doing wrong, what is sin to you? Going against God. Going against God, says What is it? It's failure. It's failure. What is it to you? Let's examine it what it says in our lesson. The Bible, especially in Paul's letter, often speaks of sin in the singular, mm -hmm. not of sins, but of sin. Yeah. Sins are things we do in disobedience, mm -hmm. but sin is a power. In Paul's terms, sin is something we cannot free ourselves from. It dominates over, it, it has it, its dominion over the human being is total. Mm -hmm. Since after the fall, sin became part of our human composition. Yeah. There is no there is an almost predictable quotation of the action of sin. We know that sin, when it's there, is going to make you do something that's against God. You can't escape that idea. As a man caught in a quicksand falls deeper in every effort to escape, even attempts to free yourself from sin, merely, you merely end up leading in more and more sin. You end up getting deeper and deeper in sin. In your attempt to get out, you get deeper in it. And it boggles the mind to the point where most people begin to justify themselves. Say, well, you know, everybody's doing this. This is just part of how we were made. Sin is a power that has to be broken by a greater power. Amen. If the greater power don't step in, you will always be a slave Amen. to sin. Amen. Your whole life. And now, it's one thing to acknowledge the greater power. It's one thing to accept it and say, I'm a, I need to accept this, follow the guideline, and use it to break this power yeah. that it has over me. Yeah. Those that are still here successfully did it, praise the Lord. But it ain't over yet because we're still down here. We're still a fight in a good fight of faith until we get out of here. But in the meantime, we got to break these bondage that, that sin is trying to put on them. And Sister Phil. Pastor, I love how you use that analogy of the quicksand. Because you realize to get free from quicksand, it has to be an outside help. Oh. Right. You ever notice that? Every movie you watch, when somebody says, oh, I'm in a quicksand. Somebody had to come outside and throw something in and pull you out. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Because your struggle got you deeper down. Yeah. And the thing is, you just got to reach for that outside help. And that's what the Lord did with grace. He said, hey, look, I got this for you. But if you don't pull it, you don't grab it, you don't hold on to it, still in the quicksand. That's right. Yeah. Now, you got some people that go deeper than others mm -hmm. because they're struggling hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And their struggle get them deeper and deeper. Some people just sit there and I ain't going to move. You just... You're going down slow. You're going down just slower than others. That's right. Praise Both people figure out a fight will help them achieve their effect, but they don't realize their fight is making them get sick. Yeah, you need you need a, a power greater than yourself to get you out of that. Whatever sin is, only innocent blood can wash it away. It is so fundamentally awful. That on the very night Jesus acted to save humanity, the evangelist said, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink it from it. For this is my blood which confirmed the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive sin of many. This is Matthew 26, 26 and 28. All right. The forgiveness of sin then does not sound like an issue or a mistake or a slip-up. It sounds like something aimed directly at the Creator as an assault on heaven. Mm. Our mission is still helping the lost to hear God's Word. Amen. A lot of times we are preaching and it's not getting to the lost. It's getting to someone that had a form of God or had religion in them. A lot of times they say, I'm good. But they, they ain't received the power. Mm -hmm. So in some cases, we can't help them. They just hold me out of position. Right. You're trying to save them, and they're sitting up to save. Unless God opened up ears that they want to hear you, right. they're going to justify, no, I'm good, I don't need ears. But what happens after they hear? What happened after you happen to get to somebody and they never heard the word of God? What happens to them? What happens to them is they hear it and at that given moment they understand it. At that given time they have to choose whether I need to follow God's plan or keep going my way. Or some of them think, do I follow God or do I just keep going the way all my friends and co-workers and everybody I be with do? Right. So they decide to themselves, should I or should I? Praise the Lord. Let's pray. I, I, I was just thinking that, but I didn't want to throw the matrix in it. But it, it is kind of sick to make you think, do you want to turn the red pill or the blue pill? Yeah. 
The thing is, whatever pill you take trying to get you back in, ain't gonna, it ain't gonna, it ain't gonna change that. For instance, if once I say I'm gonna choose the Lord side, and I follow the Lord, then I say, you know, I tried this for a year or two, it ain't working. Let me go back in the world. I'm not gonna enjoy it because everything. I'm, I'm, I'm a feel condemnation. I'm saying I'm doing this. And it's no enjoyment. The ignorant was is really truly bliss. Right. <laughs> you don't know but once I'm, I, you're not ignorant anymore. You know, you sitting up there saying, "God, all these people just doing what they want, thinking they go get away." With it. No conscience gonna sit there and condemn you and bother you to the point where you gonna have to react. Mm -hmm. You are gonna either come back to the Lord if you were <laughs> once with Him, or you are gonna try to shut that inner voice out by giving it more of the worldly stuff. They probably suppress that voice, mm -hmm. which is in your conscience. Mm -hmm. This is the only with the Holy Ghost. You, it, it ain't gonna work. God's power is always greater, so it's gonna always dominate. In my highest state that I can get myself in, before I dropped dead, I still was thinking about man. I can't, I can't live like this. I just can't enjoy this anymore. Mm -hmm. You know how we used to go out to the club, but I couldn't enjoy it anymore, mm -hmm. knowing that I was going against the plan of God. I need to finish this up, so I can let you out of time. Now, in, in a straight dead hand? Okay, praise God, okay. Now, in North America, in the context, convincing people that they need, their need for a savior can be difficult. Do you agree with me? Some people, it just seems like it's hard to get people saved. Yeah. Even the cross itself has become an object of extreme familiarity. Just another symbol alongside other religious icons. Right. <laughs> but we must break through the familiarity. God let himself be pushed out of the world into the cross. Mm -hmm. This should shatter every notion that sin could never be a mistake or a challenge or a case of someone being socially inadequate. Whatever sin is, it requires the total unadulterated shaming of God in the flesh. God took sin on, took the shame on, yeah. and put it to the cross. Amen. Right? No wonder John's message was repent. No wonder we must be born again of the water and of the spirit. The lost must know God's word and the hope Jesus gives through the death of the cross. Mm -hmm. Now we have this message of somewhat a weight of sin. We understand that sin is a weight and we want to free them from this weight. No matter how much they struggle, they're going to sink deeper unless we acknowledge the singular sin. Not, I, it's not about I do this or I don't do this. Sin is sin. Right. We need, they need to find out that what they got ain't working. Try Jesus the way I tried. Mm -hmm. Try him the way you tried. 
So we got to live this way. That we, we are, as I said in the past, we are show and tell. Now, our life shows it. A lot of times they don't want to hear what you say, so you got to show them first. And then if they're nauseous, you can tell them something. So God is so good to us. This lets us know that we are in the plan of God. And lets us know that God's plan is still being worked out. But his plan is soon to close one day. And we want to make sure we get everybody in that really want to be in. Some people, they seem like they want to be saved today, unsaved tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The actions show that I'm, I'm in, I'm out. I'm in, I'm out. I'm in and out. That's a bad state to be on. That, that, in my brain, that's called lukewarm. Yeah. And I, I'm sad to say, if God catch them like that. But of course, <clears throat> I'm judging. <laughs> but really, if I was like that, I would just take the word and put it on myself and say, I mean the in and out. I mean the judging. I'm judging myself. So if I know if I do in and out, I'm judging myself and I say, that wouldn't be what God wants because he said he wants us to fulfill all righteousness. So in order to fulfill all righteousness, we need to govern ourselves accordingly. If it hurts, it hurts. But it's going to hurt us going to heaven. I mean, it's going to hurt us more going to hell than going to heaven. So this is God's plan. Keep acting on it. Amen. Keep doing it. Amen. Don't worry about what we see. Worry about what God sees. Yes. Yes. I bless you, and I need to stop right now. I hope I said something that may help you in this journey. God has a plan.